Hello and welcome to part 3 of Fist of Fights and my look at 1987's Lethal Weapon, the movie that launched Mel Gibson into superstardom. Sure, he was known for Mad Max, however, this movie made him a movie star. Unfortunately, this stardom made him go bug nuts crazy, but I won't go into that here. I will say, however, I have seen all of his comeback movies and some are more successful than others. Anyway, back to this movie. The Buddy Cop movie to be all Buddy Cop movies? Hmm, we'll find out. However, before I dive into the movie itself, according to Internet Movie Database, that's Internet Movie Database, Gibson was one of the last people to be offered the role of Riggs. Pierce Brosnan, Michael Douglas, Harrison Ford and Bruce Willis, to name but a few, all turned this down. One other thing I will say is I saw this back in 1988 when I was a kid aged 9 at a friend's house doing a sleepover and I loved the action and explosions as I was a huge fan of the A-Team back in the day. However, the movie itself went right over my head. So with that, on with the show, starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Gary Busey, Mitchell Ryan and Tom Atkins, directed by Richard Donner. The plot, an almost retired cop, Roger Murtock, is paired up with the suicidal loose cannon, Martin Riggs. Both uncover and smash a drug smuggling ring as their partnership grows. However, can Murtaugh tame Riggs, or will Riggs change Murtaugh's stuffy ways? The movie opens up with Jingle Bell Rock. Then we get a swooping helicopter shot of downtown Los Angeles circa 1986. Into the skyscraper, we see a half-nude young woman doing a line of cocaine, then does a nosedive of the balcony to her death. The next morning, we meet Roger Murtaugh, played by Danny Glover as he's in a bath. Unfortunately, his wife Trish, played by Darlene Love, and kids Rihanna, played by Tracy Wolfe, Nick, played by Damien Hines, and Kerry, played by Ebony Smith, all barge in with a huge-ass 50th birthday cake. And this is the start of the I'm too old for this shit. What is it with the 80s and 90s action movie and saxophone music? Sweet mother of Jesus, it's going bug nuts in this movie. We then cut to a dog running on a beach and into Martin Riggs's motorhome played by Mel Gibson. We see Riggs is a washout, heavy drinking, chain smoking, heavily depressed slob due to his wife's death several years earlier. Ah, the 80s and the mullet. What the fuck 80s and why the hell has Gibson got a doozy of a mullet on his head? Sweet mother of Jesus. Back at the Murtaugh's. We see his happy if stuffy life and a running gag throughout the series Trish can't cook for shit. Trish tells him someone called Michael Hunsucker, played by the great Tom Atkins, who I know I was in this, as I haven't seen this since the late 80s, asking for him, but he called three days earlier, and this is the first time he's getting a message really love. However, when Trish pushes for an answer, Murtaugh just brushes her off. Back with this slobbish rigs, he smashes his own TV for no apparent reason, and then Wolf looks at a picture of his wife, as some sad electric guitar music plays performed by Eric Clapton. At the shooting range, we see Murtaugh is a little shaky-handed, but wants a crack of his neck, and he is back to being a crack shot, with another thing that runs through the entire series. Riggs is called in to deal with the sniper, holding kids hostage, He's about to walk away until a nine-year-old boy is pulled out shot, so he walks up to the sniper, who can't shoot for shit, in the middle of a line of fire as his colleagues try to pull him back. They call him fucking crazy. He just guns down the, the sniper and then just walks off. Murdoch is called to deal with a hooker, Dixie, played by Luisa Naff, 
and she claims she has seen events of the jumper. We found out the jumper's name is Amanda Hunsucker, the 23-year-old daughter of Michael Hunsucker. Also, Murdoch knows her, and indeed the family. Back with Riggs, and he's busting a drug deal in a Christmas tree lot, doing a ridiculous three studies bit, another thing that runs throughout the entire series. After a quick shootout, killing three of the five deals and wounding the fourth, the fifth guy holds him at gunpoint. Surrounded by other cops, Riggs starts demanding the cops shoot the dealer and then begs the dealer to shoot him. He quickly unarms him and does a whole ridiculous crazy cop thing yet again. Yes, we get it, Shane Black. He's bug nuts crazy. Do you have to keep on flogging this dead horse? Later at night, we see Riggs return to his motorhome with a shiny new 13-inch colour TV. Ooh, ah, 13 inches. Woo! As he talks to his one and only friend, Sam the dog. Much later at night, a drunk Riggs is watching a Lunatons Christmas special, 1979, and tearfully looking at a picture of his wife while chewing on the barrel of his gun, which according to Internet Movie Database, had a real bullet in it to give this scene a more sense of realism. Okay, really? What the actual fuck? A real bullet in the gun? The next morning, we meet Riggs's long-suffering captain, Ed Murphy, played by Steve Kahn, the cousin of Richard Donner, and psychologist Dr. Stephanie Woods, played by Mary Ellen Trainer, who was also in Die Hard, the first entry of the Festive Fights, which I did a few weeks back. As I discuss if Riggs is truly crazy, or is he just faking it for early retirement? In walks Riggs, dressed as a slob, just as Murtaugh is getting told by Boyetta, played by Grand Bush, also in Die Hard, that the jumper was high on designer drugs, which was cut with drain cleaner, so she hadn't jumped, she'd been dead anyway. Unfortunately, Murtaugh doesn't listen, and instead jumps Riggs, thinking he is a bum with a gun, but is quickly taken down by Riggs, as the captain points out this is his new partner. It's here we hear Murtaugh's line of the franchise, I'm too over this shit. In the parking garage, the two bond over the fact that the two are both ex-Vietnam vets, even though I don't think Riggs is old enough, but hey-ho. Until Murtaugh points out Riggs's gun is a 16-shooter, and his is a classic six-shooter, with Riggs calling him an old-timer. Not very subtle reading here, we get it, Riggs is bug nuts, and Murtaugh is old. Do you really have to come and bang on about this? In a dank, dark warehouse, we meet the villain of the movie story by his goons, Mr. Joshua, played by Gary Busey, who credits this role as giving his career back for all of the two years it did. As he introduces him to the real bad guy of this movie, only named The General, played by Mitchell Ryan of Halloween 6 fame, as well as a slew of other movies and TV shows. He chews out small-time dealer Mendez, played by Edo Ross, for questioning him why he's hired mercenaries. He tells Mendez to take out his lighter and proceeds to burn Mr. Joshua's arm, which freaks Mendez out, even though the flame isn't anywhere near his fucking arm, but hey-ho. Unfortunately, when I was in high school, this and the alien knife trick was all the range until someone almost lost a finger. We finally meet Mike Hunsucker, played, as I said, by the great Tom Atkins of Halloween 3, The Fog, Escape from New York and My Body Valentine remake, as well as dozens others, and I love the energy he brings to a role, and the fact he also is a cop. As Murtaugh tells him his daughter was murdered, even if she hadn't jumped, she would have been dead due to the toxic chemicals in her system. Mike asks Murdoch to kill all the people that turned his daughter into a junkie whore, as she's doing porn. Outside, spot the sign for Lost Boys, a 
franchise I'm actually doing next year at some point. Riggs asked what Hunsucker has over him with Murtaugh saying he took a bayonet to the gut while he was in Vietnam. Riggs and Murtaugh are called in to deal with a jumper and in yet another scene of Riggs being bucknuts, he handcuffs himself to the guy and then jumps off the building. Okay, I really get it now, Shane Black. Riggs is nuts, can we move on now? Murtaugh drags Riggs into an empty store and snaps at him, asking him if he really wants to die. With him saying yes, and he does have a special bullet, a hollow point bullet for the occasion. So not believing him, Murtaugh hands on his guns and tells him not to chew in the barrel. So Riggs takes the gun and almost blows his own head off as Murdoch stops him at the last minute. Later on, Murtaugh calls the shrink on a cell phone, which according to Intimate Database, this is the first f cell phone on film, and they discuss if Riggs is truly nuts. In the car, we get yet more crap about Murtaugh being old, still it's not as bad as the three more weeks to retirement shit in later movies. Note, Danny Glover was 40 playing 50, and Mel Gibson was 30 playing 38. We get it, Shane Black, Riggs is mental, and Murtaugh is old. Hmm. They drive up to a house in the hills where the saxophone music is going crazy. Yet again, you got to love the bloody 80s action movies and saxophone. They see two girls filming bags with drugs. They get shot at with Murdoch clipping the shooter in the leg. And then proceeds to give a long-winded talk about how he only wins people, or wounds rather, people, by doing arm or leg shots and not actually shooting to kill. So the goon pulls another gun on Riggs, which he shoots him into a covered pool. So he dives into Ryan Reskin, but he drowns in the most ridiculous way possible. In a forced bonding scene, Murdoch says sorry to Riggs while watching American football while waiting for the clothes to dry. Wait, what? They're actually sitting around in their underwear watching American football on TV while a crime scene waiting for their trousers to dry? Really? Get in. So he takes him home to meet his family. Unfortunately, Murdoch's oldest daughter is a complete hoe and makes googly eyes at Riggs. Yet more male bonding as Roger shows Riggs his fishing boat, then discuss how quickly and easily the case was sewn up. Which doesn't sit right with Riggs one little bit. After a quick debate about whether pot is bad or not, Riggs tells Murdoch he's good at killing and is indeed a crack shot and that killing is the only thing he's ever been good at. Note, Riggs and Murtaugh go through two six-packs of beer. Riggs drives off. You gotta love 80s action movies and drink driving. Shocking! Later that night, Murtaugh opens a present from his kids and a parcel containing a videotape, which could have been opened earlier on when Riggs was still sitting there, but hey-ho. It's a videotape of one of Amanda Hutzucker's softcore porns. It's basically just her in a shower spraying water over her tits. Shocking footage there. It's hardly bloody hardcore shit, is it? Moving on. The next morning, Riggs wakes Murdoch with a cup of coffee and a theory of Amanda's death. At the shooting range, while shooting their guns, Rig and Murtaugh piece together Amanda's death and how Dixie, the hooker from earlier, did it. Here's another thing throughout the series. Uh, the paper-thin theory that somehow solves the entire plot. After some more banter, we find out Riggs is a better shot than Murdoch. Well, no shit Sherlock, Riggs is an army ranger and a sniper, so he could be a bloody better shot for fuck's sake. Going to Dixie's house, Riggs and Murdoch meet some really annoying kids as they chant, you're gonna pass Dixie over and over and over again. Just as they approach the house, it blows up. One of the super annoying kids 
saw the guy that planted the bomb, and this scene drags on for what like 10 fucking minutes. Finally getting to the point, the boy points to Riggsy's arm and says the suspect had the exact same tattoo, a special forces tattoo. At Amanda's funeral, mere days after her death, Murdoch gets the truth out of Mike that he is tied up with the CIA Black Ops Air America. Wait, isn't that a Gibson movie? To run drugs out of Nam. He's also been bringing in heroin for years that he used his bank to cover it up. Just then, he's killed via a sniper in a helicopter, which Riggs takes pot shots at but misses. And I've got to say, the sniper can't shoot for shit. He takes at least six shots to kill this guy. But he's supposed to be this crack shot sniper. Okay then. Also, when watching this thing, I thought this was the same location used in Iron Man 3 for Tony Stark's house on the cliff. Mr. Joshua then calls the general to tell him Mike has talked to the cops. So with that night, Riggs gets shot in a drive-thru while questioning a hooker. Luckily, he was wearing a bulletproof vest. But wait, wasn't he supposed to be suicidal? Why the fuck's he wearing a bulletproof vest all of a sudden? Riggs comes up with a plan to use his sniper skills to take down the drug lords. Murtaugh gets a call on radio saying his hoe of a daughter has been dating Mr. Joshua and he has indeed kidnapped her. Joshua calls in the station asking if Riggs is dead, pretending to be a reporter. With the cops saying he's dead, the general gets him to take on Murdoch alive. Riggs points out Murdoch has to shoot to kill. No more than a nice guy then. The kidnappers call tell him to be in the middle of the desert at sunrise to get his daughter back alone. But wait, if they think Riggs is dead, why the fuck this middle of a desert? Anyway, Murdoch drops Riggs off and then heads to the drop-off point just as a helicopter and a convoy of cars drive up. With Riggs waiting in a bush, the helicopter does a quick sweep. So Murtaugh asks to see his daughter is safe, which of course she is. So he pulls out a live grenade, so Mr Joshua calls his bluff and shoots him in the arm. So Roger takes out both helicopter pilots and lobs a grenade, setting it off. Unfortunately, this is a smoke grenade, a signal for Riggs to shoot. So Riggs takes out two guys holding Murtaugh's daughter and a limo driver, which she drives off after a minute of sheer panic. A really annoying scene, actually. Unfortunately, Riggs is caught by the general. So the helicopter chases down the limo, but wait, both pilots were shot and killed and no one moved from their car cover. But hey-ho, moving on. The mercs make Swiss cheese out of Murtaugh's car, so he gives up. After getting very little hassle from the helicopter, who have no guns on board, Rihanna crashes the limo and is caught. What a completely useless character she fucking is. Cut to Riggs getting tortured via car battery in a shower, a scene which was later parodied in Hot Shots. Note, this is the second film where Gary Busey and Danny Glover play against each other, the other movie being the 1990s Predator 2. As Mr. Joshua and his little helper shock Riggs, Murtaugh was walked over by the general and his goons. After punching him in and around the body, the goons use salt to rub it into the wounds. Really? Is this kindergarten shit? Rubbing salt into the fucking woods and this is supposed to be torture? Come on, really? Oh dear God. So the goons get his daughter and tie her onto a pipe for no reason. As Riggs, after getting little shot for little more than a minute, escapes after snapping the neck of Mr. Joshua's little helper. Riggs then bursts into a room where they're holding their Murtaughs and proceeds to kill everyone apart from the General and Mr. Joshua. Somehow the warehouse they were held in is attached to a nightclub where no one runs off after hearing gunfire or a girl screaming or after Riggs kills the barman and doorman. Okay then, logic is the eighth thing on this fucking 
movie's mind then, <sighs> making their way through the, the club, killing goons, and yet the people are still do not run. Riggs chases down Joshua, who runs off, stealing a car, which Riggs chases on foot. Wait, what the fuck? This ending is a complete bastard and mess. I used to love this movie in the 80s, but this is a complete fucking joke. With Murdoch barely alive, Riggs runs off to cut Mr. Joshua at the freeway. So Roger goes back to the club. As Riggs gets to the freeway before Mr. Joshua, he guns down the car, causing it to burst into flames. So Joshua dumps it and steals another car, just as Riggs gets run over via a taxi, Mr. Joshua runs away. Wow, just wow, how badly written is this fucking ending? This is truly fucking shocking. I'm losing my patience with this movie, this is getting fucking ridiculous. Back at the club, I now perfectly fine Roger, bearing in mind, not five minutes earlier, he was fucking barely standing, takes out the general's driver in one shot, which causes the general to drive into a bus, trapped inside his car with the drugs and live grenades for some fucking reason. The car blows up in one little explosion. Bullshit! There's at least ten live grenades in there and it has one little explosion. Fuck right off. Riggs shows up, telling Murdoch Joshua got away. So they drive to Murdoch's house, where Riggs and Joshua have a fist fight after Joshua takes out the cops outside his house, making Swiss cheese of the front door of the house and a cop car Riggs rigged to drive into the front of the house. Riggs and Joshua have a quote-unquote balls-to-the-wall fist fight, which is really piss poorly filmed. As the water pours out of the fire hydrant, which was knocked over earlier, the fist fight drags on and on and on. This fight is goddamn ridiculous as Riggs fights off Joshua's attack with a huge ass, huge ass pole that comes out of nowhere with a teeny tiny little nightstick. Okay then. It drags on for another five minutes as Riggs gets him in a UFC style chokehold only for him to get up and be gunned down by both Riggs and Murtaugh. At his wife's grave, we see Riggs leaving flowers and cleaning the headstone. At Murdoch's house, Riggs shows up and hands Rihanna his special bullet and then walks away, only to be stopped by Murtoch to ask him to win for Christmas dinner, as credits roll and a franchise is born. So, that was Little Weapon 1, very much an 80s action movie with a little plot, bad jokes and plot points hammered in again and again and again, such as Riggs's quote-unquote madness. You can tell it's written by a first-timer, as the ending is a complete and utter fucking joke. However, this did spark a franchise, so I'll give this thing a 5 out of 10. Thankfully, Die Hard put these action films to bed. So come back next week when I look at Batman Returns and a stocking filler in 2006's Black Christmas. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod, or lowercase, and email me movie suggestions or what you thought of my podcast to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Then in January, I'll be looking at the Resident Evil franchise, a bye. 